everyone, welcome to the 22nd episode of In The Vitrine. My name is Nadia. And this is Danny. And today, we're going to talk about the inevitable topic, the coronavirus situation in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess everyone knows what's going on. Um, there have been quite a number of cases in Singapore of um, patients infected with the coronavirus and it's growing every day. So every day in the news, you know, when you wake up, you will see like the headlines or oh, three more patients, two more, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so people have gotten a bit paranoid. Very paranoid. And mm. also they started um, buying things in big messes like supplies like rice and like health supplies like sanitation kits and masks. And it's just been going a bit crazy like a zombie apocalypse like out of a movie yeah and at first I mean it was just that you couldn't buy any more face masks or hand sanitizers which were the two like number one things to get <laughs> and then eventually people started to think well what more can I do and they started to buy up you know all the yeah mostly rice and instant noodles and, and toilet paper and toilet paper for some reason however we're not going to be talking about all no. those things Mm-mm. we're going to be talking about the fashion of <laughs> the coronavirus <laughs> yes. So how are we going to do that? Well, um, I guess we should start with um, the face mask because that's something that... Yeah, it was you know, the first obvious thing that people have been using. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why people have been wearing face masks is because apparently it's transmitted through... Um, bodily fluids. Yeah. So by like droplets, like let's say you're sneezing and you know you have like the mucus yeah. kind of traveling through the air and then you breathe it in and then you can yeah. get the virus. However, this face mask will protect you against any of this coming in. Yeah. And but there are also things that we have seen a lot in Asian cities. It's very common for people in very polluted cities like Beijing to all be wearing this face mask. That's right, yeah. And, and even in like, you know, Vietnam, for instance, when they travel a lot by motorcycles mm-hmm. or in um, Indonesia, they also put on a face mask to yeah. protect themselves on the road. And in Japan as well, you, I mean, Japan is like a super sanitized, super clean uh, country. And when you go into Tokyo and you go into spaces that it, they are very crowded, you would see a lot of people wearing the face mask. Yeah. I actually really like that about Japan. I feel like, you know, if you're ill or you don't feel so well, then you keep your germs to yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so actually the, the contention now in Singapore is whether you should wear a mask if you are not ill. So there have been varying kind of opinions from doctors um, that you should wear it even if you're not ill because then there's like a double barrier kind of protection mm-hmm. against the virus yeah. if you were to talk to someone yeah. with it or spend some time with that person. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of the fashion aspect... Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I wh- see Danny's trying to bring me back. Yeah. She's like, no, Nadia, don't go there. Don't go so far. <laughs> so um, a lot of students, even before the viruses mm-hmm. came on, do wear this like black face masks. Mm-hmm. And they do it mostly because of um, street style. Like they've seen people in Korea and in Japan wearing it. And if you look at a lot of like... For example, Gothic Lolita or like all this Japanese subculture, sometimes they do put on a mask that matches the whole outfit. That's true. Yeah, Mm. like hygiene chic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hygiene chic. I like Sanitation chic. (laughs) Wait, what what will stick better? I don't know. I think hygiene chic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, isn't there that um, subculture in Japan where, you know, the the girls like think about suicide a lot and then they also have... I can't remember the name of it now. Mm. We'll find it out and put it on Instagram. Ah, yummy kawaii. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So the yummy kawaii, they like like really cutesy things. So they even put on bandages, right? Yeah. Um, on themselves, and I think face masks are also part of the yeah. The outfit. So 
basically their subculture looks at mental health. That's right. And then they will do all this, um, like they will wear earrings, for example, with syringes and like a pink ribbon. So they they mix like men like health health symbols and tropes with um, medical symbols and tropes with cutesy kawaii yeah. things. So everything the palette is like pink, white, mm. and red. But also this whole thing about face mask and sanitation reminded me a lot of a couple of things. One of them, when we're talking about face masks, is did you know that during the Black Plague, which was a huge plague that basically got rid of a lot of people in Europe, doctors used to wear this kind of Venetian masks mm-hmm. and they would look like basically crows going around. So they would wear this kind of like long robes and trying to protect themselves from any of the germs from their patients and then their mask will completely cover their face and there's this long beak Mm. where they would put like herbs and things to keep away the stench of the dying bodies and apparently to like sanitize the air that they are breathing and can you imagine uh, on your last few breaths the last person you see is this doctor dressed like that you really can imagine <laughs> yeah like the angel of death yeah, yeah it's quite crazy and you can see these masks um in museums from that show you how the plague doctors look like and even like paintings where that doctor is in that manner mm. so it's really quite interesting how um even with something that is necessary or utilitarian we find a way to kind of stylize it or to match it with the the outfits that we're wearing yeah for sure i mean now that we are going to class and i mean we can't have a class of more than 25 students each time that's what's been um implemented this week at the college um but you know it's really interesting to see what the students wear to class in terms of mass so i mean if you there are slim pickings now. I mean, if you didn't get your stash <laughs> of face masks before the whole situation, um, you know, had its outbreak, then you are relegated to just wearing the very simple sort of, you know, the bluish kind of surgical mask uh, or just the plain white ones. But for those who have somehow stocked up on fashion masks <laughs> from like Korea or from Japan, then you get to look pretty cool. Um, so actually, when I, I went to Bangkok last weekend, um, it was a trip that I had already planned and... I remember that some people were telling me like, oh, can you go look at the supermarkets there or like the pharmacies <laughs> and see if you can find any fashion masks. And I really berate myself for not getting more fashion masks from Japan when I was there. <laughs> if you remember my um, trip to the December. hot springs. Yeah, because they just sold them just like that you know, like in Daiso or in the supermarkets. And if I had those, I could make a killing right now <laughs> selling them secondhand. Um, I also think about, you know, how... Um, masks have actually been in fashion collections even before, you know, we're talking about all these things and making fun of people wearing the mask and being paranoid. So I was just doing a simple Google search and I came across, you know, for instance, a printed face mask from Off-White. For $145. Yeah, US dollars. So it's, it says printed face mask and what's printed on it is literally like Off-White. Spring summer twenty nineteen. And you should get the next season's one. Yeah, so you can collect exactly. (laughs) You can collect like a whole series of off white masks. Spring summer twenty (laughs) nineteen, fall winter twenty nineteen. And I'm so sure people are buying it. Um, another thing that reminds me of this kind of customized medical wear is you you were mentioning the children's mosquito Mm, stickers, but also plasters. 
Yes. And how you can get plasters basically logoed with anything you can think of. That's right. Actually, you know, this reminds me of um, something that we've been exploring in class today. So I had uh, a group of students who came up with a really interesting presentation about um, luxury and like um, things that are just not necessary. Oh, okay, like yeah. paper clips by Prada. And- yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, this was really cool because they looked at how, you know, um, luxury now can mean simply selling things that are just unnecessary, but because they're limited edition and because there's a logo there. Then you can just get it on the cheap. And if or you think like about... Supreme Brick. Yeah, you know, or like... Um, I can't remember the brand of it now, but I believe it was like a YSL condom, you know, for like two euros, for instance. Mm. You know, and that's really interesting as well because that's actually protective fashion, which is what we're all about today. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, you know, why that? And what is the obsession with, you know, having that, um, that branding on it? And I think there's something about... Um, mass hysteria um, in today's world about how we're just really afraid of what's out there and we're trying to protect ourselves mm-hmm. but at some point people are just having fun with it too right yeah. and or you can think about how people are just trying to commercialize yes this fear yeah um so i don't know um there is a very nice uh, bit that um from this book that amy de la Haye and mendes did on what was the book title um, I need to find it, but it was the one where it was look fashion and the twentieth century. Okay, yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. I think we were doing it for level one for quite a while, and in the nineteen nineties, there's this bit that says that in the nineteen nineties, concerns about global issues were matched by anxieties regarding personal welfare and safety. The Italian company Superga created bulletproof clothes with built-in air pollution masks, air acid rain protection, and infrared night vision goggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy Orta, a Paris-based conceptual designer, addressed the world conflict and the destruction of urban life. And, I mean, from what I remember in the 2000s as well, remember when Crocs first entered um, mainstream fashion. Well, maybe not fashion, but like retail. Well, when like Christopher Kane did those Crocs, right? Yes, but that was in like the 2010s, but the Crocs came in like in the 2000s -hmm. and they actually came from doctors and nurses who were wearing these shoes um, in the hospitals because they were soft and comfortable but they were also easy to sanitize Mm. and then crocs kind of launched to the mass market like anyone could buy them not just health professionals and yes then we had the fabulous ones by christopher kane and who else did them i think one more brand did them with like really high heels okay um but those are examples of how Materials and certain objects come from medical, um, the medical professions. Like even latex, latex mm-hmm. clothing was very used a lot in the medical profession because it's supposed to be easy to clean and right. and then of course it went to different parts of fashion. Yeah, but I I don't think I will ever wear a pair of Crocs. I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, and also never you, say never, ooh. Nadia. <laughs> And yeah, you're right that it's also like, it's very well ventilated. So um, it's easy to sanitize, but also it provides ventilation. Mm. And I find it interesting that the ventilation holes then became opportunities for fashion as well. Because, you know, for the kids, um, Crocs, you can add like... um, Little Like Disney characters and whatnot. And then when Christopher Kane did those, he added like um, jewels and like fun bits, right? Exactly. So it's very interesting that... And even the rise of athleisure and sportswear does point to this 
um, obsession with health and like keeping ourselves healthy. So true. Yeah. yeah. And another fashion moment that I love is the, the as you mentioned, padded wear. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of those kind of like sleeping bag coats. And I remember seeing this particular one who is... It was the first sleeping bag coat done by Norma Kamali mm. in the MoMA exhibition, Is Fashion Modern? And I heard an interview by her where she said she was inspired by um, camping gear and sleeping bags. But it also reminds you so much of all the sleeping bags you would see being used by homeless people during winter and the protection that it gives and how she made it into a fashion item. It's pretty cool. And then Margiela, for their H&M collaboration, also had a model in this white kind of duffel, duvet coat. Um, and then Victor and Rolf did in autumn, winter, 2018-19, they did this coat dress that was kind of like a duvet with like pillows at the back. And mm. this padded fashion does have the physical and material um properties of like keeping you comfortable and feeling cocooned and safe and it also has that certain look of like a protective bubble yeah and I think that's I mean I, I can't get away from talking about the mask <laughs> but you know it just goes to show so that you know the mask is um people are reporting that it gives them a false sense of security that's what doctors mm. are saying you know so actually don't just put on the mask and think you're like, completely safe but also like you know wash your hands make sure that you don't touch your face and things like that um yeah I think it's always about kind of being safe than sorry. I think that's the mentality, certainly, um, of Singaporeans. And I'm just wondering if we can think of other uses because, I mean, clearly, you know, for fashion designers, they've taken inspiration from, you know, these very real measures that people take to protect themselves. Yeah. Um, but if we think about, like, the, the face masks again, I know that people don't just wear it to protect themselves, right? Sometimes they wear it to... I don't know, for a fashion statement, like you said. Um, sometimes, I've also known some students to wear masks when they don't put on makeup <laughs> <laughs> or when they have like a zit. So um, I've asked some of them like, oh, are you sick? You know, you shouldn't be in school. Then they're like, no, I just didn't put on makeup today. I just want to put on a mask. <laughs> so that's quite interesting because then it becomes so normalised mm-hmm. that like, you know, everyone can wear a mask and no one bats an eyelid. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think this was the case before. Like before you'd be like, oh, what's wrong with this person? Like, this person come up from the hospital and it shouldn't be and that's why she's wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, and because of that, there's like so many opportunities to make it fashionable as well. So like putting in different colours, I, I read that they also do it in scents, like making oh, yeah. them fragranced. So that's really cool. And of course, when there's something that sells really well, but you need to differentiate one brand from the next, then we even have celebrities producing so and like being the faces of the mask and I think um, as with all things Japanese they have lots of cutesy um, sort of logos and like cartoon characters as well also the physical experience of wearing a mask mm. it's like you can't hear people mm-hmm. and um, when you're wearing it it's like really kind of humid and it's very you, humid you don't want to talk no so then it kind of creates even this aura of like silence around so true around um yeah, when there's a virus outbreak. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if we extrapolate from this, you know, the idea of the virus and, like, you know, thinking about fashion, I'm just wondering what it does to the retail landscape. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been seeing quite a few articles on Vogue and on business of fashion that 
um, things are doing very badly mm. and because the Chinese market is such a huge market a lot of retailers are in bad shape right now yeah and when was Shanghai Fashion Week supposed to be I it was cancelled in March exactly right yeah. it, it couldn't take place for sure yes Yeah. which is a really a very big blow and I mean, it's not really the same kind of circumstances, but I remember when 9-11 happened, a lot of like New York fashion labels also suffered a great deal mm. because um, American fashion was doing quite well in the, in the late 90s and then a lot of plans had to be changed because of that. Yeah, it sounds really bad. And I mean, we don't know what the impact of this will be down the road. I mean, even for us, right? Yeah, it's we like, don't know what's going to happen in like five months. No, or even in two weeks. I mean, both of us, are we're going to a conference in yes. Melbourne. And even then, we're like, oh gosh, are we going to be banned as like a country? Because yeah. there have been lots of travel restrictions already. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting to think about how real life and acts of nature and like health and, you know, all these other social issues that you just can't anticipate can kind of change the way that we do things for sure yeah, or the way we look or mm. the things we will need maybe if like it becomes super widespread people will start wearing Hamza suits or yeah speaking about that I mean people are just having a field day with like all these memes right so they take pictures of people being stupid about the situation yeah um, so I mean in Singapore if we talk about the food thing so like people were talking about how like in the supermarkets nobody bought the bitter god the bitter melon even Why? though they wiped out all the vegetables so it shows <laughs> how we do not like eating the bitter melon or like people were just wiping all the instant noodles but then there was this one with like a Wuhan words in the on the label it was like a Wuhan something kind of flavoured noodles mm. and nobody bought that one but clean out all the rest oh, no. um, but if we think about I don't know um, how does it impact on our lives here and how does it impact on um, retail businesses does it mean that online businesses do better you know is that is there a push then to like buying things online? Or yeah. Are people just thinking like, gosh, I'm not even thinking about buying anything because yeah. my life is in danger, you know? It's yeah. really making me question my priorities. Yeah, perhaps. But like even for online deliveries, like things that I've ordered, if they come from China, the delivery has been cancelled. Uh-huh. So even if you wanted to order something online... And is it cancelled because they're not in office in China or is cancelled because the import office here is just like, you know, we're not allowing any... Yeah, I'm not sure, but apparently you can't get it from okay. touching things. Like it, yeah, would, but people the, just, the virus would die by then. Yeah, well, actually, the advice is as well, like, you no, know, don't get cooked up at home because lots of people are staying home, right? They're mm-hmm. not going out. But the idea is also that you should just get out in the sunshine because sunshine kills the virus. <laughs> so get some fresh air, get some sunshine. But anyway, going back to the memes and the images that we've been seeing, um, some people have taken it to another level. So when I was at the airport in Bangkok... I saw that there was a family, a Chinese family actually, who was not only wearing masks, but goggles. <laughs> like, real, like, I don't know, surgical standard goggles? Is there such a thing? You know, but like, just protecting their eyes because I think that's, I guess, an entry point wow. for the virus. <laughs> <laughs> but, and also, I have a friend who, who called us and he lives in Shanghai and he said, he was really upset because he said that the morale is really low because in China, many, I mean, definitely the main cities that are affected by the virus, everyone's put on quarantine. And we've seen pictures online of like how empty the streets are. And if all of these people are just like stuck at home, what are they doing? And how does, yeah, how are they engaging with 
the world and fashion and can they like you said can they even think about anything else but yeah this aspect actually that reminds me also of the cruise ship I mean have you read about yeah, that so there's like horrible. this diamond princess cruise ship that's now I don't know where they are now because they keep Your getting rejected oh, okay. um, you know for entry at any port because there have now been so many uh, there's like 136 infected people like confirmed infected people on board this cruise ship so they've been placed on a two week quarantine it's yeah, horrible isn't that it that sounds like you definitely have cabin fever oh that's literally cabin fever <laughs> Um, and I was just showing you, of course, like my favorite coronavirus website, which is the ASEAN <laughs> briefing one. So for those who are obsessed about um, this whole situation or just want to get the facts, there's this ASEAN briefing website um, where they tell you exactly what's happening in all the ASEAN countries, plus all the main ones like China and um, Hong Kong and all that. <laughs> and I really like the last one they put, which was that Uzbekistan has just sent 40 tons of protective equipment to China, which includes protective suits, masks, and gloves. <laughs> so, I wonder if, you know how, like, in Uniqlo, you can get, like, heat tech and climacool and garments that have, like, UV protection? Mm. Whether this kind of widespread virus protection um, technology will be something that designers will think about in the future? For sure. Maybe Uniqlo is like beating themselves up thinking, oh, we should have done that and then like launched it right now. We'll make a killing. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, we were talking about the hazmat suits and people have gone pretty creative. Um, You were showing me some images, right? Yeah, I don't know if they are jokes or or they are real. Or like if they are worn by people who are really worried or just like taking the pictures for fun. Yeah, like they are covering themselves up in plastic bags. They even like cover their... There are cats and dogs in plastic bags and and take them mm-hmm. and make holes for their eyes and for pets. Yeah, the pets must be like I, no. I but <laughs> the owners love them so much that they no. want to protect them. Okay. <laughs> and then people like putting like cabbages. Okay, the cabbage thing I think is just for fun. I right? think it's fake, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and plastic bags. I've seen that one. That's yeah. quite scary because you can suffocate. No. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know how They're much. Not very of it sustainable with all the plastic. <laughs> No, but I was also thinking about how yeah, um, illness is not sustainable at all because you can you have to only use single use plastics mm. and mm. in fear of the bacteria. Yeah, well, I heard from one of my students um something really quite horrible. So you know how like um everyone's just buying up all these supplies, right? And her, her friend is diabetic and she ne- needed the alcohol swabs, you know, to clean mm. the her skin before she injected herself, right? So she couldn't find that anywhere. Oh, that's horrible. She had to be hospitalised. And even then, it was like really, you know, the, the supply was in low quality. Okay, so don't buy things you don't really need. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is what we've been advocating for throughout our podcast, <laughs> right? Like, don't buy what you don't need. Um whether it's fashion or protective gear, just <laughs> calm down and use what you need um, and yeah. leave some for the rest of the people. Yeah, and spend your time researching what people <laughs> used to wear in times of viruses and plagues instead. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm really quite amazed by how m- many types of fashion masks are out there now that I've gone down a rabbit hole of um, Googling it. So if I can just add one more in, um, <laughs> in addition to the off-white one. So apparently there's like a price uh, for... Um, what's that branded protective gear so there's this other brand called Heron Preston and they have these like pollution masks it comes in all sorts of colours and it's also 145 US dollars that's the sweet spot they've decided 
Yeah. For fashion masks. Well, um, I've not worn any masks since this thing started because I just feel Only like... a face mask. Yeah, I just think, just be sensible, guys. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face unnecessarily. Be healthy. Stop eating so much instant noodles. <laughs> <laughs> and everything will be okay. I think just keep calm and carry on, right? Yeah. Like that slogan during World War Two from Britain. So, yes... I think that's all from us today about protective fashion. And we'll have more for you in the next episode. Thank you. Till the next time. Bye. Bye.